0: Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. Hello fellow modelers, this is Mike and I'd like to welcome you to episode 3 of Plastic Model Mojo. We wish all of you a happy new year and hope that your modeling mojo is alive and kicking as we roll into 2020 and Dave and I plan on discussing our aspirations for the new modeling year in our special segment. So let's get started. Well Dave, we're back again for episode 3. Happy new year.
1: Happy new year to you. Glad to be be with it. Glad to see that we've gotten at least 3 episodes in. That's good news.
0: We'll have to figure out where to put a stake in the ground for the quote-unquote season, because this will be three, so we really have to do nine more and call it a year, right?
1: <laughs> well, i, I, I got to do for you. I'm having a great time doing this. I, I,
0: I'll do as many of them as we want. All right. Well, you enjoying any libations tonight?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, I am. Uh, after a brief detour to Scotland, uh, last episode, we are back in the heart of Kentucky, drinking the official brown liquid of uh, everyone in Kentucky. I'm uh, having a bourbon. Uh, it's Old Forester Statesman bourbon. It's a Old Forester is a mid shelf bourbon, uh, pretty much equivalent to the bullet that you drank, or, or say Maker's Mark. It's all in that same range. Um, uh, the uh, the the distillery did a crossover uh, cross marketing thing with uh, the movie that was released a year or two ago called uh, Kingsman's Knights of the Golden Circle, which was the second Kingsman movie, and there was kind of a bourbon tie into it, and they hooked up with Old Forester, and as part of the cross promotions. Old Forester released the Old Forester Statesman. Um, Normal Old Forester's 100 proof. The Statesman's 95, so it's a little less hot. Um, It's very smooth. They claim on their website that it has kind of a spicy taste. I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with that, but it is a very good bourbon for drinking straight or drinking over over ice and uh i got to say it's quite enjoyable. How about you? What you what what is your modeling fluid for tonight?
0: Well, I'm I'm not drinking bourbon, but I am still stuck in Indiana. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> I told you to have a wheat beer for you, but I was off an episode cuz I got that other bourbon for the holidays. Uh I am drinking a wheat beer. From Three Floyd's Brewery in Munster, Indiana, called Gumball Head.
1: Gumball Head.
0: Gumball Head, and this and is this stuff three, is good.
1: Three Floyd's Brewery. I have never heard of this place. Really?
0: Well, yeah. You need to up your beer game, there, dude.
1: Where do you get? Where did you uh, acquire this? Because I, I may have. Well, to I got
0: around. this at Total Wine. No, we've got them here. So I don't. I don't know what big stores you got there but uh they used to be kind of stingy with it but uh, their marketing has gotten a little better and they're probably brewing a little more so it's an excellent excellent beer
1: well we've got a good to- we've got a total wine close by so i will have to uh look at that we'll we'll put pictures of the uh, of the modeling fluid of the of the episode in our uh social media feed so uh,
0: okay everybody and we're live it. finally
1: Yes, I was going to mention I was going to let you mention that since you're you're responsible for a lot of that and getting us uh
0: getting us out. Well, it goes off the rails then it's all you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like my wife
0: is what you're telling me. I, I guess. Well, you're the you're the barrister.
1: Yeah. So Uh, yeah, but we'll put, yes, we,
0: we did the, we canned a few episodes, like all the start your own podcast, uh, information out on the web tends to tell you to do. And, uh, we finally posted those to our, to the website and they're starting to filter into some of the, uh, directories now, uh, still working on iTunes, still working on Google will happen on its own, but it's going to take a little while, but I think we're on Spotify and Stitcher right now or the website however you want to listen and just started the social media barrage and hopefully we'll pull in a bunch of people here pretty quick and see what happens.
1: Uh, That's uh, like I said, as part of this, we'll post uh, photos of our uh, modeling fluids of the episode and we'll get those up on the social media uh, sites. But uh, Mike, do you have uh, anything to celebrate in regard to your current (laughs) modeling projects?
0: Uh, yes, I do. Uh, Mike Basket actually finished a model. <gasps> Hang <laughs> on, I may need to call nine one one. Oh my god! You might, and I might, I might have to cut in some uh, crowd cheer. <laughs> Here we, you uh, go. Edit this.
1: <laughs> so, uh, P- go ahead and tell us
0: the the PT seventy six has crossed the finish line now cross the finish line for this one means that it's all construction and painting is complete on it. Uh, before it like has a chance to go to a show, probably it's going to get based, but we'll save that for another day. The actual model is done and I I'm really, really pleased with it. Uh, I learned a lot of new stuff doing it. Cause that was the whole point. 10 years ago when I started this thing as a paint mule, I was just, I bought all this stuff to try, you know, because, you know, Miguel Jimenez was kind of avant-garde 10, 11 years ago and all his associates and people trying to, uh, trying to mimic what he was doing. And, you know, some of it I liked and some of it I didn't, but it was really a new way to do things. So I, I, I started down that road and, I, I you know, it just didn't go anywhere. I, I, my modeling just kind of fell by the wayside for a whole lot of reasons and I finally, I, you know, this same reason this, this podcast has gotten started. I was like, I started missing it and missing all you guys in the club. And I'd started listening to the skill model podcasts from Stuart and Anthony out of Canada. And then on the bench from the guys down in Australia. And it's like, you know, I need to finish something. I need to, I need to get back into this. Cause it was, it was something I hung my hat on and it was such a part of my life that I want to get back in it big time as best I could. So as you know, a few months ago, I started uh, kicking this thing around again and I guess you've been a pretty good cheerleader and, and I've, I've kept it moving. And then the holiday break really kind of created the swell to get it done. And I'd hoped to have it done a little earlier, but I went back to work last week, but the kids go back to school tomorrow. So it's done at the end of holiday break right to the to the wire so i just set it down cleaned up my bench backed up and took a few pictures that we'll post and started thinking about the new year that's fantastic where i'm at with the pt so that's
1: something to raise our glasses of modeling fluid to congratulations
0: (laughs) well thank you let's hopefully that's not the only one for 2020 amen i hear your uh your project has rounded the final turn as well
1: as a matter of fact uh the oka that i spoke about on episode two is ready all i have to do is peel off the canopy paint masks and uh i might i might do something with a weathering pencil or two very lightly but yeah it's uh for all intents and purposes, it's uh, done or will be done after this after this episode. Um, I uh, tried some new paint, submission models paint. Uh, I tried one or two uh, new techniques, and uh, I enjoyed it. It feels good. there is nothing that gets your modeling mojo going like actually finishing something Uh, and this is not true just in modeling but pretty much in everything in life success breeds success when you when you finish something it's there's satisfaction that goes along with it you get fired up to want to repeat the high that you're getting from finishing a project and uh, so hopefully we can both be uh, further inspired to finish some other things
0: I hope so. I hope so. So, you know, we'll talk about it in our special segment tonight. We've got some uh, things to look forward to, right but for now we're looking forward to uh, new releases and what's looking interesting out there and not so much. It was funny. We 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 were dogging the uh, tank transporters in the last episode. and As soon as we went live, uh, Pete from the club chimed in about how he liked Tank transporters, so that so there's your guy. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say it's Pete. (laughs) Well, he's not. That's pretty funny.
0: Oh, I know. I just thought it was funny, and you know, he's got a good sense of humor. So yeah,
1: or he'll hunt us down and kill us. One or the other. Um, That's
0: already hunt us down and kill us. Yeah. So for. I guess it's January now and we we've got all the releases that came out of December and here maybe a couple of the first of the year, but uh, let's start with your favorite, man. Is there anything so far that uh, has got you really yeah. interested?
1: Yeah, there is. Um, I When we were doing the episode talking about the holes that needed to be filled in modeling, I mentioned how we needed a good early model wildcat in 72nd scale, an F4, F3. Well, we didn't get that announced, but another hole in the wildcat family for 72nd scale modeling is at the other end, what's called the FM2, which was the last version of the wildcat produced. It was the most wi- widely produced wildcat, Um and uh, there's there was one or two very short run kits, but nothing very modern. And then out of the bl- out of the blue in December, uh, a company named Arma out of Poland announced that they were going to produce an FM2. Uh, this was a little surprising because uh, Arma's out of Poland, and they have ha- so far generally stuck with uh aircraft that have a polish tie in either polish aircraft or aircraft flown by polish pilots with the russians or the british um in fact everyone expects eventually we're going to get a P51 BC out of them
0: now are they the company that did the uh, has got the really early hurricanes
1: yes the the tin wing hurricane mark 1s uh airfix did the first Hurricanes, which were what we call the rag-wing Hurricane Mark 1s, and everybody expected them to follow up with a tin-wing Mark 1, Uh, but they never did. And so the 72nd-scale community was kind of despairing, and then all of a sudden out of the blue, ARMA announced it. And ARMA's a very young model company, but... They don't seem to have had the learning curve that a lot of these young Eastern European model companies have had. I mean, their stuff was fantastic from the get-go. Uh, Edward quality for all of their models. Uh, their their Tin Wing Hurricane is is uh, is extremely popular and really, really nice. So that gives us, in the modeling community, in the 72nd scale community, a high hope that this FM two is going to be the, the the model of that version and we've needed it. And so I'm really happy to see it. So what did you see that, uh, uh, <laughs> um,
0: Trumpeter and hobby boss put out their 2020 catalog <laughs> sheets a couple of weeks ago. There's no BT five in there unless I missed it. Uh however, there's something tempting in there. Uh I don't know, man. It it is a a Sturmgeschütz three, but added to their one sixteenth scale line. Ooh. Which is probably my favorite German vehicle of all time. And that is really tempting. And you know it won't be cheap, so we'll have to just see how how much it actually costs. But that is really interesting.
1: Yeah, I know Takom did. I, I had one. Go ahead. Takom did ahead. a number of sixteenth scale small Japanese tank and an Ft seventeen. Uh,
0: yes, and I think somebody Panda maybe has a a thirty eight t. Oh, really? In six in sixteenth scale, somebody makes a plastic thirty eight t in 16th scale. But anyway, this, this is, you know, big scale, but you know, big, big scale, I think is tough because, and they were talking about this on scale model podcast one time about the large scale stuff, uh, Anthony was, and I think the issue, you know, it's the, the whole t- toy, like
1: mm-hmm. stigma. Agree and, and,
0: and I think the issue is there's a lot of, a lot of the weathering tricks we use in thirty fifth scale and seventy second scale and forty eight scale are eye tricks, right? Yeah. Um, which you get above thirty fifth scale, thirty second scale, it just doesn't work anymore. I it it looks like a tank that somebody's put a wash on, right? Instead of shadows, and the the weathering aspects of it get a lot tougher. But wow, I, I've always. Been interested in a, in a large scale, Sturmgeschütz because <clears throat> I can't remember what year, way back at the IPMS national convention. Somebody, it's in one of the it's in one of the Octung Panzer paperback reference books, the Sturmgeschütz one, obviously. But uh it's a what scale? It's GI Joe scale. What's that? One ninth, one,
1: one sixth or one nine? One one, one, s-
0: one sixth scale, but it's a scratch built. Sturmgeschütz G in that scale, and it was, you know, considering the the era it was built in, was pretty, pretty stinking phenomenal, so to have one in 16th scale kind of interests me, I I don't know if I'll buy it, I'll wait till it comes out, and probably Dave Parker will build one, and... (laughs) I won't want to after that because it'll never look as good as his. (laughs) Yeah. That's a,
1: that's a, that's a bad effect that that it can have looking at other people's models. Um, But uh, I agree with you completely. The problem with 16th scale or any, the larger scales, the same thing happens when you got get up into 24th scale aircraft, you start to run into that toy effect. And in addition to that, in addition to that, you um, there are details that your eye fills in in the smaller scales, where yes. in the large scale it actually has to be there, and and you know that's that can mean a lot more work if you're working in sixteenth scale because that may mean you have to add a lot of things, particularly if you're gonna going to show details
0: well what do you got that's uh, not too exciting
1: well uh okay you, you can't hurt me on this one it actually pairs with something i'm excited about airfix uh <laughs> airfix announced their 2020 releases uh items for release um Actually, it got leaked a day or two early. I think they're officially announcing on Monday, January 6th. But uh, in in what they've announced, they announced a 72nd scale Sherman Firefly, which I'm very excited about. But combined with that, they announced a 72nd scale Tiger 1. Um, I like the Tiger <laughs> 1, but... Yeah, it's not exactly like there aren't Tiger Ones out there from several different companies, even in 72nd scale. In 35th scale, I think it's required that any any company that manufactures armor models is required to have a Tiger One kit, uh, at least one. And so you know i i on from a marketing standpoint it's probably going to be a good seller for them it's probably going to be good for them for me the the tiger ones a yawn although i will say i do want to build the firefly so uh, what have you noticed out there plenty of
0: tigers out there
1: yeah there are so what what Too made many. you yawn
0: many art <laughs> i like mini art <laughs> so do i and uh may talk a little bit about more about mini art in our special segment but uh they've released another figure set. it's the same four or five russian guys eating except now they've boxed them with table and chairs and a uh, what's the copper teapot a samovar Is that right? teapot yeah. oh i saw that tea yeah yeah I don't know. It's okay, I guess. Made me yawn. <laughs> I guess because I have this figure set with at least one of one of one anti tank gun kit. And I think I bought the figure set alone. And now hey, you can buy it again if you like. And so I bet all this is available in different box. Yeah.
1: They're kind of recycling.
0: It keeps getting recycled. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I'm not a recycle fan, at least not for models.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah. uh have you been spending money?
0: <sighs> oh God, Dave, I've been doing real bad. <laughs>
1: uh oh. Tell me I'm about. I need it.
0: to go to model confessional.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think I don't I don't think your family listens to this. So you know, not been- yet.
0: I mean, they're asking now. We're live. Hey, can we listen to it? <laughs> yeah,
1: don't, don't, you shouldn't have told. My wife doesn't even know we're doing this. <laughs>
0: i don't want them that's gonna suck when we get when we when we get famous and you you can't you can't enjoy it yeah if you think we're getting famous off this i'm afraid uh gonna rain my parade here yeah
1: i got bad news for you so what did you spend money on
0: oh man i bought well it 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 started a while back but it the the stuff that started a while back didn't arrive till after this this first this purchase um I came into Louisville last week and we had lunch. And then I went by Brian's scale reproductions, probably one of the finest brick and mortar hobby stores. I think I don't Agreed. know. East of the Mississippi, at least and, in the yep. South or pseudo South. Um, and he's having his post post holiday, post Christmas, 10% off sale. And I just happen to be a member of the military modelers club of Louisville. So I already start at, off. So he's like, find something good. You got 20% club members. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be great. So I bought a, (laughs) he is good at that. That's why he's in business. (laughs) I bought a hobby boss, Soviet T 50 light tank. I've been eyeing that one a while. I've got some r- r- really cool photographs taken in Russia obviously of a really shot up when it's crashed through one of those really ornate Russian picket fences and uh, it's it was photographed a lot um you know we talked about the Germany Bay photo
1: right
0: photo photo reference source in the last episode, but you know, this is, this is a prime example. I've, I've archived several photographs of this particular vehicle. It was photographed at one time. And then, then there was another photograph taken later that actually got, you know, vintage colorized, you know, the, the watercolor type colorization they used to do. And then lo and behold, some months or years later, some, uh, Traveling theater troupe in the rear areas was in that area and took all these poses of like these two German ladies and a couple of German guys, civilians, actors, part of this theater troupe, climbing all over this thing and taking more photographs. And there weren't many of these tanks to be to be to begin with, so
1: it's amazing uh, that that it was still there. You would have thought that it gotten hauled off to be scrapped or recycled or something
0: uh, not yet and yeah. you see that a lot a lot of a lot of vehicles by major travel routes get tended to get photographed a lot so you see a lot of the same kv2s over and over again get like photographed. but anyway I I bought, I I bought this t50 from brian uh, I, I didn't have any of the AK real color paints yet. So I bought a box set of the four Soviet colors. It's got the standard four B.O. green and then it's got a second green and then the sand and brown yep. camouflage colors. The hard use for the hard edge pre-war kind of, well, not necessarily pre-war, but uh, the underappreciated and a lot less understood Soviet schemes of the era. So. I look forward to giving those a try sometime. I don't know when, cause my next project that's going to be Russian green is already painted. Uh, and then I also bought, God, I bought something else. I think it's Trumpeter. Trumpeter makes tools, right? Yes. I bought this little T square. Because I've, I, I use T squares a lot. Yep. Um, but all I have are the big drafting style, which have about a the head on them is about an eighth inch thick, so that you can't really cut sheet styrene and stuff like that with them because they stand too tall, right? Right. Or you got to hang it. You got to hang it over the edge of the table or something like that. But I bought this little little bitty one. It's like six inches long and it's got a real thin profile. Oh, yeah. Man, I am going to use the heck out of that thing. Yeah. In addition to that,
1: I you bought were, three 70 second second scale
0: aircraft. 372nd scale aircraft.
1: <laughs> so,
0: Dish. So, 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 I've always had a soft spot for for float planes. Uh, you know, like the Arado AR196 yep. and the the Kingfisher and there's some really funky French looking ones I can't even name off the top of my head right now, but
1: Latacore um, 298,
0: Loray 130. The yeah. Loray. yes. See, you're good at this. Uh, it's and my these thing. planes on catapults, these planes on catapults are a really, really neat looking scale model. So I've gotten tempted. There's a couple of projects I've got in mind and one of them involves Kingfisher. And you made me aware that AZ Models was trying to release this Kingfisher for some time. Well, it finally hit. And I bought this, there's a Facebook page, AZ Models has a Facebook page. And there's a guy on there, Scott Scott Bell, I think. And he's the one one of the US distributors or representatives of this of this company. And he had fifty dollars fifty dollars or more free shipping. So there's a couple other things I was interested in. So I ended up with the uh the float plane, the U.S. Navy version of the Kingfisher, brand new release. And then I got two P fifty one Bs. I oh. got a I got a a straight line cockpit, the first one.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I got a Malcolm Hood one. It's old Crow is what it is, but you can do a couple other ones out of the box. But it's it's old crow's the box the box art. And I tell you something, I'm probably gonna build one of the P fifty ones first, probably the the straight, straight top canopy one. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are really sharp little kits. Yeah. I, I was really impressed f- for the scale and and it just pretty, pretty neat little kits. Detail well, that, looks pretty good. Instructions are good. Decals are freaking phenomenal.
1: Yeah. The kit was released about two to three years ago, so it's a very, very modern kit. Um, well,
0: it was released actually under a different company name. Um, it's KP, but not right. the old copro kp but there's a later incarnation right. i can't they, remember but az has the rights to all those kits now exactly
1: yeah uh and uh, uh they bought the the copro the kp uh, the intellectual property for kp and then they're releasing uh a lot of kits uh but uh yeah az did that p51 uh, bc around two three years ago. So it's a very modern kit. You shouldn't have uh, much in the way of difficulty with it.
0: You're talking to an armor guy.
1: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll work. Hey, we'll get you there. <laughs> we'll get you there. It's okay. It's okay.
0: What about you? I, I know I know you didn't, uh, you didn't, eh, Brian will have a sale next year. I'll just wait. It <laughs> didn't happen, did it?
1: Well, actually, I did something that we are now going to officially call from here on out a basket because um, I went into Brian's and I stocked up on consumables uh, on his very same sale. Uh, I bought another bottle of unicorn tears, the Mr. Color <laughs> Leveling Thinner 400. Um, I bought a refill roll of the 10 millimeter Tamiya tape and, um, Uh, I go through that, particularly the 10 millimeter stuff, I go through that pretty darn quick. And uh, there are some knockoff versions, but I'll tell you for the, given the price and all, and I really like the actual stuff from Tamiya. So I picked that up and then I picked up, um, are you familiar with uh, Molotov? They make uh, uh, chrome silver pens. Um,
0: no, not liquid, at all.
1: Liquid paint pens, they're, uh, uh, people are using them for like oleo struts and very bright silver parts uh, on, on mo- particularly 72nd scale models. Um, well, they, they make a pen. Uh, it's kind of a pump action pen at the end down at the tip. And it's liquid masker. Um, it's blue, like a lot of other liquid masters. Uh, but I saw it there and, you know, on a whim said, I'm going to get it and give it a shot. So, uh, again, pulling a basket, not only did I get it, I decided to test it out on a a paint mule before actually using it. Um, There you go. A lot of the a lot of the liquid maskers one of the problems is they're ammonia based and uh, <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got future or uh, an acrylic paint they'll lift your paint uh, or they'll fog the future if you're putting it over a, a future finish like on a dipped canopy um, So I experimented with this uh, first of all that pump um, that pump tip, Uh, I got the fine version of the tip, which they call two millimeter. Um, It really does allow you to lay down a very fine line of masker. Um, It's very much like using an actual pen. Um, And so I tested it out on a paint mule that had some future over uh, a, a section of it with paint. And so I put the masker down, waited a day, sprayed over it with some Mission Models paint and then went back up and after the Mission Models had dried and lifted the the liquid masker off. It lifted beautifully and easily. It did not affect the Mission Models paint, nor did it affect the uh, future finish under it in any way. Um, I'm going to run some more experiments, but right now I am, I'm very pleased and interested. So yeah, I, I pulled a basket. I bought consumables.
0: <laughs> well, if you're building a lot of stuff, then you go through them. That's right. It's, it's not like having a consumable stash. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that, that's a bad idea. Though that
0: can happen with paint.
1: Tell me about it.
0: I've got I' got like, I'm gonna start a paint I'm gonna start a paint line next year yeah
1: I was gonna say everybody else has why not I, I, I swear to you I think I have paints from at least 15 or 20 different paint lines
0: yeah I probably do I, there's I just refrain I like I like the ones I got so yeah we'll see what happens
1: yep yeah.
0: <clears throat> that's all you bought right. you did good
1: I, I did good. I did yeah, good.
0: post-holidays. I, di- I didn't do that good.
1: <laughs> you had money burning a hole in your pocket.
0: I guess, even though I didn't get any for Christmas. Oh. All right. Well, that's all we bought. Let's get on to our special segment for episode three. Um, we've got a new year here, and we've got our modeling, our 2020 modeling dreams and aspirations, and uh, what we, at least Dave and I, hope to accomplish In the next twelve months, now that we got our first, our soon to have our first finished projects under our belt.
1: (laughs) Well, they're not first ever finished, but the first. No, you know, it's it's
0: not even the first week of January, man. We're killing it.
1: Yeah, but if if you use (laughs) if you run the statistics out, we're going to finish about what fifty two models this year.
0: Pretty much.
1: I think there's unless a fall- you look
0: back to when I started mine, then I, you know I'll be dead before I finish another one. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I think there's a statistical fallacy in there somewhere, but two, uh, two, too, too yes, few, I think- too few data points.
0: Uh, if I finished one, I can finish another one. But anyway, yeah. you're first. So Not, yeah, twenty twenty twenty. I don't care if it's models shows. What what's your what do you hope to have going on? on your bench and your hobby involvement for the year 2020?
1: Well, uh, I can tell you the first thing. And that is, I mentioned the last episode that Airfix had released that 72nd scale MiG-17. Uh, it's not officially out in the U S and won't be until like February or so. But, uh, I managed through the good offices of Mr. Bates to, uh, acquire one. And, uh, that will be one that I will f- start building as soon as I get my grubby little hands on it. And uh, that's one I will finish in 2020, come heck or high water. I uh, will.
0: All right, be. write it down, folks. Yeah,
1: write it down. That's right. It's, uh, that's a really stone <laughs> cold lock. I'm going to finish that one in 2020. So. Uh, <laughs> so what are you going to do in 2020? What's one thing that,
0: uh, is, that is? Is that it? That's no, all you well, got? I was going to go back and
1: forth, but uh,
0: okay, that's fine. So, well, I, give me your first. Like you, like like you, I have a I have a car finishing the first lap. Right, mm-hmm. I've got uh, my Zistu anti tank gun, my mini art kit. I'm working on. Uh, it's been built a while, and it already has been base coated. So that could be another reasonably fast finish for 2020. I need to get that one done because I'm really reluctant to start another assembly project until I get that thing finished. Gotcha. Just because uh, these projects start stacking up.
1: Yeah. I've got the shelf of and doom to prove that.
0: Yeah. I got the shelf of doom. So I need to pull. That was not, on the, 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 the PT was definitely on the shelf of doom. This one's uh. Little bit, maybe not so much, but it's a it's a mini art kit. It's got a little photo etch that wasn't intended for that kit, but it all worked out. And it's painted. It's it's been primed and been painted, and it's ready. The weathering's ready to be started on it. So I need to start working on that. But we'll see how it goes because I just finished a model, and you know you finish it by finishing painting it, typically. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that running right into another painting project doesn't derail me. Well, I'm you, really looking forward to a to starting putting parts together again yeah. and planning a project.
1: Well, you know, our vast audience is going to want to see that thing finished by next episode.
0: Yeah. Both of them. <laughs> I'm t- that's just the audience, by the way, not our projects. Yeah, exactly. So you, you've got, uh, you've got another one that's, looking uh it's about as far along as my anti-tank gun yeah. your your missile
1: yep the ks1 uh, or as1 in uh, nato version uh started it i mentioned it in the first episode i started it back uh, i bought it at the ipms nationals uh, started it in terry's hotel room at the at the show it is It is very, very close to being done. It's pretty much the equivalent situation of where yours is too is. And so it is possible that you and I could both have a second finished model within the next episode or two, in which case uh, people, we're going to be building expectations and I'm not sure we can live up to those expectations, but yeah, the (laughs) AS1 is going to be done in 2020 for sure. All right. So what, uh, what, my zis- your, since your, this is almost 90% of the way there anyway, what, what else are you going to do in 2020?
0: Well, well, at that point, I've got some decisions to make. I've got a little side project going on. I've told you about, I I'm a classic airfix fan. And a lot of not so much are. for the kit, not, not so much for the kits. I don't think, but the, but for, for the box art, Probably, but anyway, uh, I've, I've got their little Morris tractor and Bofors 40 millimeter, any aircraft gun that I've got, I've, I've got the tractor built. It's just about done. I got about two more parts to put on it and I need to, need to finish putting the anti-aircraft gun together. Yeah. I don't know. That one's kind of just, a. I started it. To get keep my hands moving uh, I wanted to build that one again because is one of the favorite ones out of that line that I built in my youth and it's one of their better 76th scale armor or military kits mm-hmm. and and my, my goal was to you know not do anything to it just build it out of the box but use a high degree of of modeling discipline as far as cleanup and assembly goes just to because I haven't I haven't built a lot from the assembly side in a while and I'd like to get my skills back up before I really start working on something that, uh, I really, really got a lot of vested interest in. So I I may finish that. I may just keep chipping away at it. Um, I want to do some, some more weathering experimentation on the little 76 scale tractor. So we'll, we'll see if that's it, but I, I really, I'm looking to pick a new project for 2020 something, uh, something more along the lines of the stuff I used to do. Yeah. And I've got several, se- several candidates.
1: So and there is, projects anything, that have been... is anything leading the pack as far as that
0: goes? Uh, yeah, there's one in particular. My, my, my way of pr- approaching a project before and you you know, this is I would pick a subject I wanted to model and th- the available kit was a means of getting there, but my goal was to build X, not somebody's kit of X. Right. Right. So uh, I've got a, I want to build a BM 13 Katusha launcher on a russian truck on on a on a ZIS 6 truck which is a three axle truck and i've been collecting references that kind of prompted my prime portal mentioned last episode in our web resources because there's a huge absolutely huge photo photo essay of one and i think it's the Leningrad Artillery Museum it's a really well preserved vehicle and i've and to to build that <clears throat> well you need a ZIS 6 truck which there's a really crappy one. Basically it's a Zis 5 and they've thrown in some, what's an Eastern European kit to begin with, an older Eastern European kit, an old Allen Hobbies kit. And they've thrown in some really quick and dirty leaf springs and an extra wheel set to make it six axle. And they throw in the Katusha launch system from the old Italeri kit. It's a really pretty gnarly kit. It's just, I've seen it built up and yeah, you get a pretty decent looking model, but I kind of wanted to, if I'm going to do this, going to do it, do it the right way or my right way, which is to improve on it as much as I can. So I picked up a Zis 5 truck from Hobby Boss. See, I actually own a lot of Hobby Boss. I was dogging them for the (laughs) BT5, but I actually own pretty good stack of their kits but i, I picked this, this five up which is the the two axle truck and it the my original thought was i was, I was gonna have to graph their cab onto the old allen hobbies kit and then use this itillary launch system and a few other things to get this to work but after i started looking at a lot of drawings the ZIS 5 and ZIS 6 are the same length. It's the same chassis rails. They just split the back axle. Well, they didn't split it. They they just mounted a tandem on the rear instead of a single station, which means I can use almost all of the Hobby Boss kit, the cab, the engine, the bonnet, the chassis, and and get a pretty good start and just use the the launch bed from the Allen hobbies kit. Now I'm down to just one part from that, that kit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, uh, their, their in from their Katusha, the BM 13 Katusha from Allen hobbies. They, they throw in the sprues from the itillary the old itillary BM 13 in, but hobby boss has redone that kit. So they have a launch launcher that looks like it's a lot better than the old itillary one. So you can kind of see what I'm doing here. I'm modifying the ZIS 5 to this 6, and I'm using the bed off the Allen and then this new launch system. And then Royal Models, the aftermarket company out of Italy, has done fans of these vehicles a huge favor. And I don't know if it's a, a new rocket or if they built up one of the Italeri rockets and really, really, really cleaned it up got all that because it's two halves and then a fan and they're they're really hard to clean up I, I built one a long time ago but they sell a box of rockets that all you have to do is saw the the pour stub off of them and there's no seams in them they're cast in, as one piece and they're really brilliant they're really sharp so all that thrown together and you could get a really nice model of this vehicle so that's that's my, my that's my front runner.
1: That uh, that sounds like a project. Of course. Then again, your old SU seventy six brought on somebody. Uh, what was it? Tamia re- releasing a brand new SU seventy six after you sweated <laughs> over yours forever. So well, maybe as soon as you do this, uh, hobby. Oh art. yeah,
0: hobby boss will do it. Yeah. Well, and Mini Art's got SU seventy six too. So yeah. there's 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 two out there. So now. You
1: inspired two of them.
0: I guess. I, I don't. I don't want to be the guy that inspires uh, new kits by their sweat equity. Yeah,
1: well, that's the way it works, man. <laughs> I've seen that time and again.
0: What uh, What are you looking forward to to kicking off, other than the Mig Seventeen?
1: I am. I've got a couple of contenders. Um, one is uh, a Edward. Uh, Hellcat in 72nd scale. Uh, they released a new one back in 2012. It's a really nice kit. Um, you can, I don't know if you're familiar, The in early 1945, the U.S. Navy had so many damn carriers that they went to what they call the, the geometrics or the G- markings where each each aircraft carrier had a particular geometric sign like a diamond or an arrow or whatever, so that the the different aircraft could be distinguished as to what aircraft goes with what what carrier.
0: Um, so they'd land on the right one. Yes
1: yeah, so, well, among other things, yeah. So you <laughs> land on the right one. Um, and so uh, I've, I've always wanted to do one of those aircraft. It's overall glossy blue. It would not be a difficult, it's a one color paint job. Uh, you know, it, it screams out, do you know what a blitz bow is or a blitz build?
0: Well, other than it sounds like a fast build.
1: Yeah, there's this thing that developed on the unofficial Airfix Modelers Forum, and then it spread to a couple of other forums called a BlitzBow or BlitzBuild. And the concept was you take a kit and build it, paint it, finish it, decal it, start to finish in 24 hours. Uh, I've actually done that twice, although... I do what's called the WIMPS Blitz Bill Blitzbow, which is you divide it into two 12-hour sessions on successive days. Um, and you as part of this, you you take pictures every hour or two of your progress and you post them on whatever forum you're doing the blitz build on. Uh, you know, people do interesting things like they post their the meals that they're having on their breaks. Um, <laughs> what, beer, what beer they're drinking. A lot of people uh, use interesting clocks, uh, interesting and unusual clocks, like pocket watches or uh, uh, you know a Mister Peanut clock or whatever. It just it adds some interest to it. Um,
0: Sounds like speed golf.
1: It is kind of like speed golf, um, and and. It's actually fun and can stimulate your modeling. You're not going to add a lot of details. You're not going to get a, a case of AMS. Um, but one of the one of the keys to a successful blitz bow is uh, a simple paint scheme. And a one-color glossy blue scheme that the Navy used in 44-45 is perfect for one. Uh, in fact, one of the successful blitz bows I did was a Corsair in overall sea blue, a glossy blue. And uh, I've been thinking that I'd like to do the Edward kit. I've always wanted to do one in one of the geometric markings. And uh, if I get an opportunity, uh, I may do it as a blitz build, try and uh, uh, do it in two 12 hour back to back sessions over a weekend. So That's one of the things I'm thinking about. We'll see whether that uh, happens or not. So uh, how about you? All right. What else? Uh,
0: Other than other than other than projects, um, I'm hoping to get to a few MMCL club meetings this year and more than one show.
1: Are you bringing uh, the PT to January's club meeting?
0: Well, the issue right now with with Thursday night for me is is uh, kind of a non starter. So I, it may come to the shop on a Saturday morning build session. Gotcha. gotcha. I, I hope to make a handful of meetings this year, but I can't. I can't make promises. We got a conflict right now. Yeah. On Thursday nights, but anyway, that's what I hope to do. And I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of. I've been up to Columbus several times. I've traveled with Brian up there and helped him out back in the day. And if it used to be a good show, I assume it still is. It is
1: a good show. In fact, I'll be going January or February. I think it's the 14th or 12th or something like that. Uh, um, Yeah,
0: I think it's the weekend before my other February obligation. Maybe
1: maybe I can swing by and pick you up uh, on the way to Columbus.
0: That or I can meet you up at the interchange. There
1: you go. There you go, and as long as we stop at Hawkbrow House on the way back
0: <laughs> all right, I just see I made an error on there on our outline here, our cheat sheet uh, actually you've got the you've got the final segment oh, here. unless that's you've got right. something you else go to go talk two. about uh,
1: no, I'll let you go two in a row doesn't bother
0: me. you hit the, okay. hit the um, out. well what what uh, in the last month? do you think is worthy of a, a little attention so yeah. our folks can uh, tune in and, and, give it a shot or purchase it or check them out on the web or whatever?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, it's funny that you and I both mentioned Brian and his sale. Cause my shout out of the month is Brian at scale reproductions. Um, we all know that the hobby shops that we, loved as kids, and we loved when we got into the hobby, are a disappearing thing. Um, Running a successful hobby shop is difficult. Uh, Retail of any sort is difficult, but uh, um, a hobby shop is particularly difficult. Uh, In fact, uh, a long-term hobby shop down in Pensacola called Bobies uh, just ended up closing after like, 60 or 70 years. Um, and, uh, we both mentioned Brian. Brian has run a successful hobby shop. It's one that modelers from all over will tell you is one of the best model shops East of uh, the Mississippi river. Um, he runs a good shop. It's well stocked, uh, uh both with kits and consumables. Um, uh, he'll get you anything that, uh, that's out there that you want. And in addition, he, as much as we tease him about being the grand Nagus, uh, a big Ferengi or whatever, um, (laughs) he, he actually, he's, he, he, he works with you. He'll cut you a deal on a special order. He will, uh, work to get you that difficult thing. That's hard to find or that, uh, uh, that you're wanting, but, uh, don't want to try and purchase it from, uh, you know, China or off the web somewhere. Um, and, and as much as we tease him, he's been a great supporter of the club. So, you know,
0: absolutely. I, yeah. I was going to mention that.
1: I am praying that he does not listen to this episode because frankly, I'm not sure that, uh, uh will be able to to tolerate the big head that it will give him. But uh my shout (laughs) my shout out this month or this episode goes to Brian Bungert Scale Reproductions in Louisville, Kentucky. If you are in Louisville for passing through, you're here on business or whatever, look him up and go by his shop. I am telling you, you will not be if you're a modeler, you will not be disappointed.
0: Uh you'll find something. So yeah, if you're in town for either for whatever business pleasure, our show, our invitational or Wonderfest, even, Mm -hmm. um, boy, there's a podcast idea anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brian has been a stalwart in the club and you know, he's, he's kind of gotten back into modeling again. Now that his kids are a little older and is that right?
1: Yep. Yeah. He's uh, completed three or four models in the last year or two.
0: So that's always a, a good thing. Cause he was, he was pretty involved. I remember I, when I was there during the holidays, I, we rolled the clock back and we, we figured that I first met him when I was a, an engineering student and was up in Lexington here where I live permanently now. And, you know, I, I talked about thumbing the backside of a fine scale modeler and looking to see what was going on and, Lo and behold, not only was it a shop in there, but there just happened to be a, a show coming up. When MMCL used to have the show out the old uh, Executive West, yeah, or Executive East, anyway, and that's where I that's where I met him. And then you know, it's a pretty regular customer out. What what brought it on was his ticket brings up your customer number, and and mine was shockingly low. Uh, like I can't remember what it was, you know. Mine is, it was double digits. Mine
1: is zero zero eight.
0: Yeah. mine. I can't remember what mine was. It's probably on my receipt. I'll have to look.
1: Number one, Bob (laughs) Connolly was 001 and Terry Hill was 002. And Terry never let Brian forget that he wasn't 001, even though Brian's original (laughs) shop started in the basement of Terry's chiropractic office. So uh, I can go back back (laughs) with Brian a little bit further. Brian, before he started his hobby shop, uh, was a manager of a Radio shock.
0: Yes, and yes, I remember I, that.
1: I bought my first PC was a Tandy that I bought from Brian. Um, <laughs> it's the first computer I had. He sold it to me. So because uh, I knew him from the club. So uh, who I'm are you? Who are you recognizing this episode?
0: I'm going to recognize. Stuart Clark and Anthony Goodman at scale model podcasts, because they are the first ones I found and started listening to. And then Stuart actually interviewed me in one of their more recent episodes. And that was kind of fun. And, you know, we've been kicking this idea around a while and we both kind of thought, boy, we'd love to do it, but we didn't want to do the front end work. And, but the more I looked into it, the front end work looked tenable and here we are. But I I think those guys kind of certainly got me interested in it because, you know, I've always had these, uh, well, I won't even call them delusions of grandeur. That's (laughs) kind (laughs) of, that's kind of rich, but I, you know, I've, I I I always thought I, I would, you know, write some magazine articles or something, or, you know, here I am 50 something now. And I haven't ever done that other than for our club newsletter, I guess I could still do it. I got plenty of life left, I hope, but you know, this was something that seemed even after I got into looking at how to do it seemed, you know, easy, even easier than that. And it's fun. I like doing it and hopefully we'll be successful at it. And I, I owe, a bit of the inspiration to those guys and I encourage everybody to tune into their podcast. Cause, um, I, I aim to complement what they're doing and and not compete with what they're doing. If that makes sense. There's, there's plenty of space out there still. This is not a very dense area of subject matter. And I don't, I don't know if our cadence is going to be monthly or, or what, but, Um, we're doing, doing things our way. We've, we've got a way we're, we're doing, doing a show and they've got their way and there's just plenty of room. And I know they're got a pretty good support back and forth with the guys in Australia and that's good. So there's no competition there really. And I hope, I hope, hope they receive us the same way. And I really would like to thank them, those guys for, for, for their podcast and, inspiring aspiring others all around I think to to model and get off their butts and finish stuff and and have fun with the hobby
1: yeah they're paving the way there's no question
0: they're, they're paving the way that's right well we are closing in on an hour yep. a little short this week but but not too bad um, so I hope I hope 2020. Is fruitful for both of us and everybody who's listening to us, and uh, I hope to not be such a stranger in the club. And man, we're gonna finish some more stuff, Dave.
1: That's right, absolutely. We've got to, you know why?
0: But well, people are watching now. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm not sure you realized that when you committed to this.
0: Oh, that's okay, but that, you know, keeping the mojo alive is the theme, man. And this, this having some accountability even in this doing this doing this podcast is uh is a way to get there and that's what we're doing we've already already off to a good start i agree as always there are so many kits and so little time all right dave we'll see you next episode go finish your uh vodka you got it
1: take care